For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome, everybody, to the Topic Thunder podcast. I am your host, Matty Moles, for like only the second time. <laughs> uh, it's really dope because we get to celebrate a win. We get to celebrate a series tying win. Yes. Uh, yet another freaking game that came down to the wire that's not good for my heart. Or it is. I don't know. I guess I guess either way you look at it. Um, and I called it. I said, okay, C by three. And uh, thanks to a, a late three-pointer at the buzzer, that meant nothing. It meant everything to me because it meant OKC won by exactly three. So money, please. Um, not, but- just, not, just, not just any three-pointer. Like, this guy launched it from over half court. It was Daniel House, right? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that touching. Let's go. There you go. Uh, so with me, as y'all can hear, is uh, my good friend, Alex Roig, uh, founding member of the podcast. How are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing great. I'm, you know, believe me, it was a, it was a tense couple of, uh, of minutes there, you know, around five o'clock, but I'm doing great now. Yeah, yeah, man. I, I hear you. I'm on my second old fashioned tonight. So the first one was to help me <laughs> get through the game and now I'm celebrating. So I'll post a picture of that to social. Uh, probably during this pod um so y'all see it and then you'll be able to know why i posted it so anyways all right so we went into this thing okc is the home team right so we got our little decals most of the virtual fans were ours um all that stuff uh so the crowd was really (laughs) into it um because okc came out firing um we had to get this win and uh things started pretty well so you want to kind of take us uh into how the game started for us and and just kind of go from there yeah so they you know so they jumped out they jumped out to like an 11 and 3 lead man it it just the thing see the thing with houston is especially extremely early in the game you you just look at those leads and you know that they're Mm going to evaporate and dissipate very quickly uh but it's always it's always good to be on that end because i I believe i think i i heard a stat on the radio from matt pinto that said um, that OKC has been um, has been down by an average of six points at the end of every first quarter uh, this this series, and so you know it's always good to put your foot on the gas a little bit and have good things happen, have shots go in. You know, Danilo he he hit like the first five points. Um, Shea hit a three. Um, Lou hit a three, and so you know it felt like like the team was playing with a little bit of confidence. Like they knew going into, they're not down 3-0. So, you know, as far mm-hmm. as pressure goes, the pressure is equalized between both teams, you know, now. Um, and so, you know, they came out and they came out gunning and they got up 11-3. to And then, of course, Harden started doing his thing and he hit his first two threes. Um, and, you know, it was back and forth affair for the rest of that first quarter. Yeah, so – it was really frustrating to watch OKC start, especially last game. Like that first quarter of game three was a freaking nightmare because it was like yes. we were playing in quicksand or, or playing in mud or whatever. It's like the harder we struggled, the worse we, we did. And nothing was natural. Nothing came easy. Well, this game was the exact opposite. Um, mm-hmm. we, everything started falling from the jump, you know, with Danilo getting his five to start. Lou got got off the schneid early and saw one go in, which 
you know, helped him lock in a little bit. He was somewhat effective. Um, he went a little cold towards the end of the game. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But um, it was really good to see him get involved and then also to make Houston pay for playing so far off of him. He's going to have to do that uh, as the series continues to keep them honest or just to make them pay. And he, I, I got to give homeboy this, right? For all the confidence that he has on the defensive end playing against James Harden, which Charles Barkley said is the greatest one-on-one player of all time. Um, the dude doesn't shy away from anything on defense. The dude definitely has confidence on the offensive side too. He's not afraid to let it fly. And I don't think that's all just him. I think that that's a organizational thing. I think that's Chris Paul and Shay and Dennis going around him and Billy saying, look, if you're open and the shots there, take it, you will make it. We trust you yeah. to make the shot. We need you to take the shot. And so he just, he hoists it. And he, I mean, he shot like a thousand threes today. I'm just glad that some of them went in. Yeah, no, I mean, he's, he's given that, he's given that green light because you need that green light to space the floor. You know, you, mm-hmm. you know, you still have, you know, for, for OKC, if you pack that paint, you still have the ability to kind of guard them pretty well um, because they, they don't, you know, they, they have good three point shooters um, other than, Gallo, you don't necessarily have any great three-point shooter. Um, and so if you're able to kind of pack them in the paint and those shots aren't falling or you're not taking those shots because you're constantly wanting to pump fake and drive in, um, then you fall into the, you know, you fall into the defensive lap as far as, especially with Houston, how they switch all the time. Um, and so mm-hmm. you have to take those threes. You have to at least put that pressure on them. Even though you may not make them, you know, like last game, what was it? Lou was 0 of 6, you know, but he still took him. This game, he was 3 of 9. Mm-hmm. You know, and so those are huge points. Those are huge baskets that you make, and that's huge pressure that you put on a team because you can't just leave Lou open. You know, you can't – you have to at least respect him a little bit and at least mm-hmm. leave that defensive player that's guarding him a little bit closer to him than maybe you would – uh, you know, an Andre Robertson or a Hamadou Diallo or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's definitely like, you know, there's a reason why Ben Simmons is an all-star player, but he's not a great player. And it's because, you know, he has the tools to be, you know, this crazy six foot nine, six foot ten point guard. Um, but in today's game, defenses have adapted to playing that pace, and, you know, that, that space and pace type brand. And if you're not shooting threes, you're making yourself easier to guard. Um, and so you have to, you have to take that three, even if you, you know, even if you're not shooting it at a great percentage. Yeah. And the thing is, right. Three of nine last time I checked is 33%. Sounds like a great percentage to me for somebody who league, can't shoot threes. League average is what, like 37, like 36 something like and change, something like that. So he's, I mean, yeah. basically an average three-point shooter this game mm-hmm. and an elite defender, although Harden got a little bit more work in this game. Um, the Dort didn't really get a lot of the benefit of the doubt in this one, um, but still was a smart defender, still played really good defense uh, oh, in stretches, yeah. especially to finish the game. Um, and, yeah, I mean, when he can see the ball go in early, I think that's – that's awesome. So he did finish with nine points on his three, three pointers he made. Unfortunately, he missed some bunnies in the lane. He mm-hmm. missed uh, two free throws that, that were actually at a critical point in the game towards the end. Um, <laughs> but uh, I mean, Lou Dort, he's just evolving. I mean, the guy is, the guy's so, so young, right? This is rookie season. Uh, yeah, so it's like so rookie young. plus one because of, you know, the off season within the season, but um Still a great performance for Lou. Nothing, nothing to be ashamed of there. Um, so we got through the first quarter uh, kind of unscathed. Um, mm-hmm. We ended up finishing the half at 60-60. to 60. Did you have any big takeaways from that second quarter? So, I mean, the second quarter was – it was – it's how we play against Houston. You know, it's – you allow them to go on these mini runs, you know, maybe – five, six, seven, oh, run, and they go up by like six. And then, you know, the Thunder put their own little five, oh, run together and they're down by one. 
And, I mean, it's basically how the first half went. Like, this was the first time, I think, in the series where the confidence of OKC showed to the point where they kind of realized that, you know, you kind of looked at it and you said, okay, I think they realize now that they know what they're doing. You know, I, I think you're looking at that first half and, and it's not a scared young OKC team. Now it's a team that's saying, you know, we've watched the film. We watched you guys for three games. We won the last one. And, you know, some of the things that Billy might be implementing in their heads are like, you know, this is starting to work. We're starting to get this. Mm-hmm. We're starting to kind of, you know, find that groove as far as number one, how to attack that, that defense that keeps on switching. And number two, how to, you know, how to attack James Harden and that offense. Um, and so I think what you saw in that first half was a lot of that confidence. And even still with that, Houston and James Harden are still good enough to where they can hold us at bay and they can take the lead on us. And, you know, so it ended up being 60 to 60 at the half. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just think that that's one of the biggest things that I, I took away from this game, especially in the first half, is I, I think we have that confidence now to kind of stay with them, not necessarily be in awe of, of their runs. Yeah, and the whole season has kind of led us to this point, right? It's given us that swagger because we've been able to come back from all these insurmountable leads, um, like the Brooklyn game, you know, earlier in the season that we had no business, you know, even coming back to, to win. So um, it's like, we always feel like we have a a shot, especially with, you know, our version of the death lineup. Like I'm, they keep talking about it every single game. It's like clockwork. You know, you could play like Oklahoma City bingo for every nationally televised game. You talk about yeah. – they talk about Shea and, and the trade with Paul George. They talk about Chris Paul and the, the trade and Russell Westbrook, and then they show Russ on the side, like, barking at people. And then they they talk about Steven Adams and how he's the youngest and everybody's an athlete and his sister's an Olympic athlete. Yeah. Um, they they and, have their and, talking points. Right, exactly. And then they talk about, like, Clutch Paul – and, and uh, the real playoff, Paul, as I tweeted earlier. Um, and, uh, and they talk about our, our clutch winning as well as our five-man lineup. And that yeah. five-man lineup is proven when we've gotten in a bind each of the last two games, we've brought in that lineup, and it's actually been very, very um, effective in, in kind of stabilizing our offense when mm-hmm. things fell stagnant. So speaking of our, our offense falling stagnant, and it's falling behind. Um, let's get into the second half. So hold on, before we go to the second half. Okay. Did you see that little the little exchange between uh, Westbrook oh. and, and Adams? Like that. Yo, yo, do you have do you have any knowledge about what actually went down? Like, dude, with your no, contacts, I, have you been able to get anything at all? I, I have not. I, I haven't. And you know, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Westbrook is very respectful of, you know, the teammates that were there and that are still there in Oklahoma city. Um, but I mean, it's in the end, it's, it's competition, you know, and in the end, what Westbrook knows that if he can probably, even if, even if it's a little bit of a mental battle, if he can get into their heads or if he can go ahead and, you know, do something like that, he's going to do it. You know, he's mm-hmm. remember his, his, his best friend is Spalding or is it, yeah. who is, who is it now? Is it still Spalding? Is that who? <laughs> Uh, yeah whoever but uh yeah you know (laughs) Wilson there we go but yeah he's still gonna go ahead and and try to get in the uh in the heads of his opponents and you know that's us now um and so but you know you know how Stephen Adams is and I'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure if if Westbrook tried to play that game with Stephen Adams he should have known that it was not going to end well as far as you know whatever he intended for it to happen I mean, yeah, Steven Adams could give it back just as much as he would take it. So, and there's nothing that Westbrook's going to do or say that's going to surprise Steven Adams. Like they spent so, so much time together. Like, and, and you know what, like watch, watch Russ come back in game five and watch Steven Adams, give him a little something, something to say, Hey, you know what? Like I'm, I'm still here. You remember me? I I would have done this for you. But now I'm doing do it this, against you. I, I used to do this for you, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it'll be, it'll be fun to watch. Uh, so, with that lead in, do you 
what what percentage out of 100% do you say that Russ plays game five? Not knowing anything else about the injury, just kind of like how they were talking about him warming up and all that stuff and, and going really uh, hard with like explosive basketball moves before the game. I'd say 130%. As, especially after the exchange. I think part of that was Russ was trying to psych himself up to be well, like, I mean, you know I, what, I'm getting ready for game five. They're the enemy I now. Think, I'm, I need something. I don't think it has anything to do with the exchange. I, I just think, you know, I, I think if if uh, if Houston goes up 3-1 here, I think maybe he goes ahead and maybe gives himself another game. But with the series being 2-2, if he's able to go out there, um, I think he's going to go out there. Uh, so I think we will see him on on Wednesday. Yeah, so – Oh, I'll save that analysis for I'll save that analysis for later. But I've got a I've got a semi hot take, I guess. Okay. Um, but yeah, I I do I agree. I, I think it's I don't I don't want to say a hundred percent, but I'd say like ninety nine point eight something like that percent um, that he goes. Uh, maybe that point two percent chance that he doesn't go is the same chance that they gave us to make the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. there you go. So, I mean, so I mean, there's whatever. always a chance that that he wakes up tomorrow and he's sore. From you know the, right. the workout that he did today, so you know there's always that chance. Yeah. But this is this is Westbrook we're talking about. He's you know he has adamantium in his uh, in his skeleton. You know he's the Wolverine, so we know that he'll he'll be back out there. And and he cares about his legacy, even though he, he tries to act like yeah. he doesn't care what other people say, and he just does him. Oh like, yeah, I don't want to well, I don't want to speak for the man, but he's a pretty proud dude. Like to to if if he's on there and he's not able to go. And the guy that he was traded for is a big reason why yeah. the Thunder end up taking a 3-2 lead or even win the series now. Like, that's got to be really tough for the legacy, for what that looks like, you know. Um, look at it. Like, we, we mentioned it on the last pod. Now the Clippers series is tied. This series is tied. And Denver is down 3-1, to one, right? Like, um, it's... It's anybody's all, game. Yeah. Like, and and like all, I, all, those, all those players that we traded away are now either tired or losing their series. Mm-hmm. And we're at least tied in ours. So, I mean, it's not a good look for any of the three, honestly. No, it's not. It's not, it's not a good look. That's definitely that's, – yeah, that is definitely something that, you know, you're looking at Houston, you're looking at the Clippers, you're looking at Denver. You know, they're not necessarily, you know – they're not necessarily doing great, but nobody's doing great. Like, I don't think I – don't, I don't look at Milwaukee. I don't look at the Lakers. I don't look at the Clippers. I don't look at, you know, Toronto and say, oh, you know, they're, they're going to march through whatever other games they have from, from this point on. No, these are going to be seven-game series for the most part from this point on. Like, we've had our couple of sweeps, and, you know, Miami just swept Indiana. Um, but these are going to be seven-game – just down to the wire every game because that home court advantage is nullified. And several of these teams are dealing with either injuries or with players being out that in a normal scenario, they would have been in there. You know, so for example, um, Avery, is it Avery Bradley? I think it is for the Lakers. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah Avery Bradley opted out. Yeah. Yeah. Opted out. Um, you had, what's his name? Uh, Rondo get hurt. And I guess he got hurt again when he came back. He hurt his back. Um, and so, you know, even looking at Milwaukee, Milwaukee had that scare in the first game where they lost to Orlando. And, it, you know, everybody was like, well, we're, we're going to go ahead, you know, they're going to go ahead and trade, you know, Antetokounmpo this, this year because they have to. Because he's not going to want to stay there after a first-round exit. But, you know, that's kind of fixed itself. Wait. Way hyperbole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they handle way, business way. today for sure. It, exactly. Like, <laughs> You just that's, – that's literally – that's the definition of hyperbole is where you just look at one random sample and say, oh, well, that's it. It's the end of that dynasty, you know. Uh, but th- these, these playoffs have been great. They've been fun. And I'm so, I'm so thankful that the Thunder are still in it, competitive. Uh-huh. Yeah, not just in it. Like, we got a chance. Like, we got a legit oh, yeah. chance. We didn't just survive to this point. Like – now the the pressure's on Houston because if they fall down three two, oh yeah, like it's that's rough against our squad. So, um, it all right. 
So that was a little synopsis there. Uh, you want to start in the second half now? That's, it's not all rainbows sure. and butterflies, but no. that's what made this game so, so great. So the first um, basically five minutes and 18 seconds of the third quarter, yeah, that complete booty hole. <laughs> it, it, it did. Like it, it, that, that felt like, like game one. That was like, oh, crap. You know, they, I think the stat was they hit eight three-pointers in a row. The whole team was game six clay to start the second half. Yes. Yeah. Like it was like every three-pointer that they put up went in. And at a, at a certain point we were down by, I think it was 14 or 15. 14 um, with 642 left. We were down 83 to 69. So they went yeah. on a 23 to nine run to start the second half led by so eight mind, threes. Yeah. So mind you. So at, at this point in my life, um, there's a lot going on in my household. I have, you know, I have people painting. I have people doing we're doing the floor, and my kids had just come home at that point, and so there's a lot going on. So it's one of those situations where I'm kind of pissed off because we were we were getting beat like that. Um, but then at the same time, I was like, you know what, this is a good respite for me, so that I don't have to watch this game because, you know, I, I'm I'm pretty much a pessimist myself. So once we were down by 14, <laughs> I'm like. You know, by, next time I look, we're going to be down by 21. Next time I look, we're going to be down by 25, and it's over, you know. So I went ahead and took care of some things, talked to some people, you know, talked to a man about a horse, that type of stuff. Um, <laughs> came back came back to the TV, and I was like – and we were down by 10. And I think Chris Paul did, like, two consecutive and ones um, to kind of get us back into the game. And, and, and I think once we – you know, we're young enough. We're a young enough team. To, we're a young enough team with enough veterans around it that once they get that sense of momentum, they take it and they ride it. And mm-hmm. I think once this team kind of noticed, oh, crap, you know, we're only down by seven, we're only down by six, we're only down by five, you know, they rode that, that momentum wave into the fourth quarter. Like, they were only down by one. They had, they had been down by 14, you know, just six minutes before that. And they did what they had to do. Chris Paul did what he had to do. Dennis Schroeder was amazing in this game. You know, he oh did what God. he had to do. And got this team back to within one by the end of the third quarter. So literally, like, so literally you had an entire, basically the entire game played within one quarter as far as ebbs and flows and swings and momentum swings here and there. Um, it, it was great. It was, it, it was playoff basketball at its finest. If, if you want to highlight just one quarter to be the synopsis for this OKC team the entire season, whether it's how our record went to start the year, we started, what, like 5-11? and 11? Yeah, um, we, start, we basically started by letting people go 8-for-8 eight eight from the three-point line. <laughs> and, then, quarter. and then we clawed our way back, and then we found our groove, and then we were able to, you mm-hmm. know, right the ship. So you mentioned that, right? We were down by 10. I'd like to highlight two specific things that happened back-to-back for us. One, Dennis Schroeder shot a three, and while the ball is on its way, it hit the rim and bounced up and hit the backboard. And when it hit the backboard, there was a loose ball foul. Uh, I think it was P.J. Tucker who undercut Nerland's Noel. Yep. Um, so it was, a, it was a loose ball foul, but the shot went in. So the shot counted, and we got to shoot a free throw. And it was yeah, just like the back end of – of you know whatever like it was a live ball at the end of the shot and the team oriented four-point play yes exactly and nerland's hit the free throw um yeah. so that was a four-point play there and then the very next trip chris paul um he's so so crafty he i'm trying to think who it was i think it was ben mclemore actually um maybe it was roco but somebody was right on his back and he he knew that player was there and he kind of did that like hesitation jump back to get the contact mm-hmm. so the player ran into him and then he shot it up and got the and one because it was a he it was a really like soft shot um yeah. and, and he made the free throw also so that was seven points in two trips so even houston hitting all those threes they couldn't match seven points in two trips so uh they couldn't and, and that helped really close the gap and give us a lot of momentum to, to close it to one point deficit going into the fourth quarter. 
And so at this point, I tweeted, one quarter, one point deficit, let's go. And really the team, it was a freaking dogfight the rest of the way for the Thunder. There were like 98 lead changes. I'm exaggerating yes. slightly. <laughs> 98 lead changes in that Not really. Quarter. I mean, All right, yeah, so, so go ahead. So, so we so we head to the fourth quarter. Like here's here's my thing. This team is not so in game two. I think we were pretty close in the fourth quarter, um, and then you know Houston did that thing where they hit a couple threes, and the game went. You know the 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 the, the wind went out of the OKC sails after that. And, it was like a seventeen zero run for Houston, exactly, end of the third, yeah, yeah. beginning of the fourth. And, and those are things that teams that have players that are just either in their first playoffs or in their first playoffs as a primetime player face, you know, because it, it's a different monster. It's a different beast. And especially Houston, they're, they're a veteran-laden team. So fast forward to this fourth quarter. Um, I, I, think, I think the Thunder have figured Houston out. And if you look at Houston – for the most part, like, like, I, and I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to kind of minimize what James Harden does, mm-hmm. but so, so, okay. So in the, in the end of the fourth quarter, what they did. Yeah. Don't hold I, back, I got, dude. Just, just yeah, say it. Just, just say I, it. I got so much. So, so Houston as a whole is a one trick pony whenever uh-huh. Westbrook is not out there. And that pony, believe me, that pony is great. That pony show is pony. Third, it's a it's a thoroughbred show pony, like James Harden can win a game by himself. But we're talking about the playoffs. We're not talking about a random Tuesday playoffs? night playoffs. We're not talking about a random Tuesday night against Cleveland where PJ Tucker can maybe hit two or three threes at the end of the game or you know in the fourth quarter to kind of you know go ahead and and, and help Houston win. No, no, we're talking about the playoffs here, and so in the playoffs. What you want to do is, or, or what the Thunder are doing now is, if it's a close game, they're bracketing James Harden on those pick and rolls, and they're almost daring Eric Gordon, PJ Tucker, to go ahead and shoot those threes. And the thing is, so number one, Lou Dort has made James Harden work. James Harden has been great in this series, but he's made him work. So you get to those fourth quarters, your legs are a little bit tired. You know, you're a little bit tired. And so your arms, you know, everything's not working as far as getting, you know, hoisting up those three-pointers. You get to the fourth quarter with P.J. Tucker, with Rocco. Rocco guards Steven Adams sometimes. You know, P.J. Tucker having to guard Steven Adams. You know, these guys are tired. Houston literally has no rotation. They play Doc Rivers' son like 10 minutes, and that's it. They have no rotation. They have no bench. Um and so by the time the fourth quarter rolls around, if you're bracketing James Harden, you're depending on the likes of P.J. Tucker and Eric Gordon to make baskets. And over the last two games, they haven't. You know, they, they, they've made a couple here and there. But tonight, today, they didn't make – they hardly made any in the fourth quarter. Like, as far as figuring this team out, I think we figured them out with James Harden by himself out there. Now – I guess we can talk about game five later, but you know, that maybe that changes with Westbrook out there. Mm-hmm. But for right now, I think we figured Houston out. And even though, like I said, that one trick, that, that show pony is great. Um, I, I think the Thunder now have the confidence going into these, into the next couple games where, you know, they know that they know what this team can do as far as Houston and they know how to defend it. So, Speaking of James Harden needing to do a lot of work, right? The perfect thing to show is there was like three minutes left, and obviously it was a tight game. And Harden got it, and he saw that Dort was on him. And he tried to make a subtle move and couldn't do anything, and so he just passed it right back out. And that happened a handful of times where, like, traditionally, if Harden is cooking – He's keeping that ball, and he's just going to work on whoever is across him. It doesn't matter if, oh, yeah. it's, James, if, if it's LeBron James. It doesn't matter who it is. If, mm-hmm. if James Harden's cooking, he's doing work in that fourth quarter with three minutes left. 
Harden was gassed, bro. Like he, he yeah. didn't have a ton left and he was like, look, I need other people to make shots. And let's be real. Houston shot 57 three pointers. They caught uh, that a L. record, a record, record. A playoff record. Right. I mean, it, I think they just shot like two more three pointers since I just started saying this sentence. <laughs> and it's like, and, and the thing is they weren't rush shots. They're it, they're all clean looks. They're really good looks. The offense, Dan Tony has that offense like humming. Everybody's getting good shots, right? But here's the problem. They made those shots to start to kind of start the third quarter because they came back from halftime and they were able to get to be rested and they were fresh, right? The Thunder did a better job, and I'm beating the table right now. They did a better job moving the ball on offense and making all five of those guys run all over the court yep. to try to keep up with Schroeder and keep up with Chris Paul and keep up with Shea and keep up with Gallinari and keep up with even Lou Dort to an extent, like made those dudes work. And yep. when they have to work on the defensive end, on legs. then those legs are just a little bit off in the fourth quarter. And those shots just weren't quite as easy as they were to start that second half. And so, Hey, like, that's what that's what got us in trouble starting game three was that we didn't have a lot of activity on the offensive end. People talk about defense leading to offense. How about offense helping your defense out by wearing out the other team a little bit and not letting them just cheat in that like quasi zone. We broke through the zone. We were able to hit some shots. We were able to break it down. We got penetration. Dennis Schroeder was incredible getting past Ooh. this guy and forcing help defense. And then they played the shell game to try to like rotate and and defend the perimeter like it was great good job billy donovan great adjustments i think it's the adjustments you made on the offensive end that led to the inefficiencies on the defensive end for houston shooting the three-point shot and hey gotta give gotta give credit where it's due they did get good shots but those shots were with tired legs and so Mm -hmm. um i i think uh i think that we buckled down us playing that so for those of you that didn't watch the game, and I know I'm kind of rambling here, but everything ties together. One of the adjustments we made in the second half was running this like one, two, two type of zone yes, that basically with, said, with look, Gallo if, at the top. That said, if you guys are going to beat us, you're going to have to continue to make threes because we are done giving you garbage inside. Mm-hmm. We're done doing that. We're going to help. We're going to be able to rotate. And then if you kick it, we're going to be able to have guys in position to at least get a hand up. And it worked. I'll tell you, cheating it in a little effective. bit. It was effective. It, you know, it's like Donovan is, is breaking out some things in the series that like we have not seen all year long. I you haven't know, seen the, since I watched the movie Hoosiers, right? Exactly. At least the they, one, didn't two, get, two, they didn't get they didn't get caught watching the paint dry. Exactly. The one two two with, with Gallo at the top, and then the small ball lineup with Gallo at the five. You know, it's like it's amazing. You know, this this team, this the Houston team is forcing them to do things like this, but they're not scared to do it. You know, this is something that if you remember with Scott Brooks making adjustments, mm-hmm. that's one of the biggest, you know, negatives about him. And one of the biggest things that probably got him fired um, was his inability to make adjustments on the fly. You know, this type of thing like this, like he would have stuck it out with, you know, with Steven Adams at the five with a, with a bum knee in game three and over knock. Kendrick Perkins. Kendrick Perkins, right. exactly. <laughs> you know, so, so he, you know, so as far as, you know, just looking at this game, like, there's some, like, we haven't even talked about SGA. No. Nah. Like, SG, SGA, like, he had a, a quiet, you know, I'm, I'm doing the little bunny ears, a quiet game scoring. He had 18 points, but he had 12 rebounds and six assists. Mm-hmm. Like, this man was all over the place. Shooter had 30 points. Chris Paul had, I think, his best game of the series with 26 mm-hmm. points, six rebounds, and three assists, three steals. Like, he was all over the place. Three steals. Yeah. So critical. Three steals were big time. Baisley. Baisley played, played good. He only played – you know, he played 19 minutes. He had seven points. He had five rebounds. It was, it was great. Give Bays more time. Yeah. Give Bays more time. I want Bays at the five. Let's I do that. 100%. I want that. <laughs> he comes in and all he does is freaking do work. He just cooks anybody that's across him. The dude was a plus nine and a plus minus. I know that's not like a stat everybody loves, 
but the dude was effective. Like, no, I mean, a, a plus nine in a in a three point game. That's in a game that was back and forth for the most, you know, for the most part the whole time. He's he's putting in that work, man. And like I said, young legs, man. Like Houston plays six, seven players, and that's it. They play Austin Rivers off the bench, and who who else do they play? They play Ben Ben McLemore played nine minutes. Like I thought Ben McLemore was like one of their biggest like people off the bench as far as you know ability to score and things. Like, he played nine minutes. You know you have Jeff Green and you have Austin Rivers, and that's it. I mean, like, those guys I, are tired. I guess I guess he was afraid of another elbow. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You know, Austin Rivers is one of those guys that he feasts or famine. Like, he can get you 30 points, but he can get you zero. And he had zero today. But it was just, you know, it's just it's, – we've, we've, we've looked at the tapes. We've looked at – you know, we've looked at – Billy Donovan has taken notes and given it to all the players. And I, I think we know what we're doing now. Adjustments are going to be made, of course. Of course adjustments are going to be made. Um, but, again – I think this is a one-trick pony, and I, and I think Houston 100% is going to rely on Harden and probably Westbrook to do what they have to do to break down our defense, um, to get those passes out. And so the hope is, moving forward, is if Westbrook does play, that maybe for a game and a half, he messes up with the chemistry that Houston has now. You know, that's your hope. Um, so, I don't know. I'm excited for Wednesday. Us, us continuing. So, yeah. So, you know, we got the win. It was just back and forth. Um, you can go watch the highlights on YouTube if you want to know exactly what happened. But we'll, we'll, we'll tie it up here. I, I think that that one two, two zone that we ran is something that we're going to see next game. And we'll see how Russ adapts to that. Mm-hmm. So, we know this, right? Russ gets some calls because he is a superstar and it happens and this is the NBA. And that's fine. Like, we loved it. I don't want to be a hypocrite, right? Like, we loved it when, when he, he got in the other team's head and he was able to get to the line because he was aggressive, right? You, you, you do legit work, you get legit prizes. Like, you get a legit wage. Um, and that happens. Sometimes Russ isn't always locked in at free, at the free throw line. And so, like, he shoots a tough shot. And if he doesn't get the foul, like, it's not always as efficient as some other people going to the rim. And I would say this, Jeff Green in this series or Russell Westbrook, who would you rather take the three? Uh, Jeff Green. (laughs) You say that, right? But, like, look at what (laughs) Jeff Green's done. Like, the guy is hitting everything right now. I mean – Yeah, exactly. So, so this is my thing, right? Like, uh, oh, so you would rather – if he was, like, on your team, you would rather Jeff Green shoot it, right? Yeah. You would rather Russ shoot it. If, yeah, we would rather rush shoot it, but if, if if you're a Houston fan, I think you'd rather Jeff Green the way he's been playing the series. Right, and, like, who would have thought we'd have said that a week and a half ago? So, yeah. um, but even though they missed a ton of threes, listen to how efficient they were, right? Three of eight for P.J. Tucker. Four of eight for Covington. Four of ten for House. Three of eight for Gordon. Six of 15 for Harden. That was not great, but six of 15 for Harden is still over 33%, right? Like it's about average, just a high volume, right? Better than Dort. (laughs) He makes a few more dollars than Dort too. Um, (laughs) Four of 10 for green. So like 40%, that's dope. You take 40% Mm -hmm. all day long. One of three for McLemore and 0 for two, uh, or or excuse me, two of six for green and one of two for McLemore and 0 for one for Rivers. So like, yeah even those aren't like terrible two of six for green. He actually cooled off and only shot 33% this game. Like it's, it's crazy. Yeah. They shot all those threes. And yet for the most part, they were still efficient. Look, if Russ, if Russ wants to go and be Michael Jordan and hit six threes in a game, more power to him. But there's a reason why when Russ went on that tear scoring all those 20 point games that he was only averaging like two, three point attempts a game right mm-hmm. it's because he realized like that's not my game i do with these other things and i facilitate for others that's not what the game plan has been in games one through four for the rockets no so so that's fine we'll play off of him and give him that right or he's gonna have to hit his mid-range with consistency we're not gonna give him the inside all day long so russ actually i think would make that offense less efficient 
But when things bog down, that gives them another guy that can actually take it over and get to the rim and create everything on his own. So, you know, you, you pick your poison. The guy's an all-star caliber player for a reason. Um, and we love him for a reason. But yeah. in how their offense has been constructed and operating in games one through four, Russell Westbrook does not fit. He's an anomaly in their offense. So they're no. going to have to retool, and that's going to look different. And that's going to be weird for us defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, that's uh, – so one more thing One more thing for game four before we, we kind of move on to, to looking at game five. Um, okay. So shout out to Lou Dort. You know, all the accolades to Lou. All the accolades to Lou. But Lou Dort got his fifth foul with about 11 minutes left in the fourth quarter. <laughs> Like, if I'm Mike D'Antoni, that's one of the things, biggest things I'm, I'm arguing about. Number one, how is it that Lou Dort can get his fifth and not foul out, okay, if, I, if I'm Mark, uh, Mike D'Antoni? But secondly, if I'm Mike D'Antoni, I'm going up to James and saying, yo, you needed to drive that more. Like, I, you know, this is where you know that he was gassed because he was just shooting up flat three-pointers. I'm pretty sure he shot like six three-pointers and maybe made just one in the fourth quarter, like Lou Dort. And they took him out for, they took him out for like two minutes. You know, it took Lou out for like two minutes at the, at the beginning. To of the start fourth the fourth quarter. quarter. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, they, they put in maybe an offense heavy type um, lineup out there. Uh, but, you know, nine minutes in, they put Dort back in there and he handled business. He handled business and he stayed with, with uh, Harden, didn't foul, played his same physical style, like this is an elite defender as a as an undrafted rookie. Like think about how lucky, not not lucky because the, the Thunder had to scout him, but think about just the great job that scouting team did to get this guy number one undrafted on a two way, and then think about the contract that he has now. Four years, like five point eight million. Yes, he total. He's, he's not per he's year. Ba- total. He he's basically outplayed that contract in these playoffs. Yo, he's going to have people asking for higher minimum wage like, with what he's doing on that contract. That's, like, we got this dude for four more years. People, I don't think you understand. No, Shea is our future. Shea is our future. And Shea doesn't have to guard the best wing ever because we have Dort. Dort says, I got that on a night-to-night basis. Like, like, like my thing at the beginning of this season – I, I completely like I was I salivated over having Matisse Thybul on this team because of how you know number one he's a rookie but how great he is defensively and he is I don't, I, and he is he is don't get me wrong I don't need him anymore on this team now we good you know, we good we have Dort and Dort and we got base yep like this our future is bright our future is bright and we're developing. Not just superstar talent, because I think Bayes, I don't think he'd be a superstar, but I think he could be a, a real good player. Um, but we're developing role players that can lead us into the future. Like a defensive wing like that, if he Marcus smarts it and he starts to hit threes and, you know, it, it can, you know, that, that can be a core piece of your, of your puzzle moving forward. Baisley was one of two from three. And the oh, one he missed, the one he missed I thought was in. Like – this, this dude, and he doesn't, again, organizationally, the same green light that Dort has is the same green light that Baisley has. And Baisley's actually, like, efficient. He, yeah. I'm not going to say he looks like KD, even though he's, like, lanky, uh, like, like KD. But the guy, like, when he rises up to shoot, you feel like it's going to go in. Jeez. And he has got good form, and he's, he's, he's not rushed, and – like all those things, like Baisley is going to be a problem. And hey, Draymond, if you're listening, which I know you're not, but if you are, stay the hell away from my dude. <laughs> stay away from my forward. All right. Stay uh, away from my, Dray- from my small forward. Dray- Draymond said that Baisley's going to be a problem on Twitter. And did he really? I, I didn't see that. I agree, but stay the hell away. 
I th- you know, I, I think I, I think Draymond is working on his uh his future after basketball. I, I think he's going to be a, a a great television personality on TNT in about three to four years. Maybe after that big contract's over. Exactly. Exactly. So um, so okay. While we tie a bow on game four, big red one. They're they're basically they're basically two guys that you could say who are our player of the game. Which one are you going with? Um, so I, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder, he he made those baskets that kept us kept us in the games. Like I, I think I think Chris Paul made more of the bigger shots and the bigger plays at bigger times. Um, but I think those those necessary baskets to, to stay within an arm's length of Houston, you know, those drives to the basket that Dennis Schroeder, like Dennis Schroeder would just, you know, he would cut the corner, get past his defender and just do that little sweet, like layup that he, do, that he always does. Um, how, how are you physically allowed to move that fast? Like I know we got spoiled with Russ and Russ did it all the time and he did it with both hands. Yeah. But to move that fast around a defender off of one foot, because he takes basically one step getting around the defender, and then he contorts his body and is able to lay it so soft off the glass, so high off the glass with such mm-hmm. English, and I know he's German, but such English, so and, good, so it, good. It, and it just goes in. like, And he makes it look effortless. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yo, hey – Shout out, man. I, and I guess he, he's got two kids, so his finishing package is, like, on point. He's got, he's got that daddy strength now, man. He got that, got that finishing package. So, uh, Dennis Schroeder, man, like, yeah, I, got, I gave it to him last game, and I saw no reason to not give player of the game to him this game. We were so stagnant everywhere else, and it's like people were mm-hmm. looking for somebody to take over. And Dennis was like, "Fine, screw it. Yeah, I'll do it." And by the way, he played thirty-one minutes, which is five more minutes than what Stephen Adams played, and two more minutes than what Gallinari played. So, I mean, really, like, he's he is he was our third star tonight. He's a star, right? yeah, like um he a legit star and he he's got confidence too for days he was four for seven from three mm-hmm. and all but like one of those was really in rhythm um one of the things that we hated on him about in the past was that that he rushed his shot that that he he did it off the dribble he was much much better in the catch and shoot um last season this season off the dribble, his, his three point shot has gotten a lot better and we needed it. And then he's been able, because he's been such a threat there, it's allowed him to get around his defender and actually get us some points in the paint because Steven Adams yet again, I know he had 12 points. A lot of those were kind of early, like even going against a small ball lineup, like Steven Adams is kind of like a fish out of water at times. So the fact that Schroeder was able to get through the defense and actually get in the paint and score the ball, you know, off the block at the rim, you know, that's exactly what we needed to keep our offense moving. So Dennis Schroeder, the shredder train, uh, you are a player of the game. Yes. Okay. So the series quote unquote goes back to Houston for game five. Um, so we got to see all that stuff, right. For all the Houston fans, we got to see the, the Rockets thing on the court and all that jazz. Um, they play on Wednesday. What is your prediction for how that game's going to go? And what do you think is going to be the most key adjustment or player? Um, so I think the biggest I mean, I mean, we've been talking about it this whole time. I think the biggest adjustment is going to be if Russell does come back, how do you defend that? What's that going to look like? You know, are you are you still you, you can't you can't box in one this one because 
you know, you're, you're going to get either Harden or Westbrook a lane to drive into um, off of a, mis, you know, like a, a misdirection type pass. So that's basically it to me is how do you adjust if he plays? If he doesn't play, then, you know, continue this. Can you continue basically letting Harden get his while making him work, um, but then also keeping the other ones at bay, keeping P.J. Tucker and Rocco at bay? Um, you know, it's all going to be dependent on Russell Westbrook and if he plays or not. But as far as adjustments, I don't think we need to make any adjustments. I think we've kind of figured something out. If anybody needs to make adjustments, I think it's Houston. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I, I think they're, you know, I don't think they have, I don't think they have a counter punch when it comes to the team just being led by, by James Harden. They have a great yeah. uppercut. They have a great uppercut, but they don't have a great counter punch. Right. No, I mean, Russ could be that. For sure. Exactly. But here's a question for you, and then I'll, I'll bring my, my tidbit in. If we see Russ, do we see Dre? Ooh. So you're talking about – no, I, I don't I, – you know, love Dre. Didn't really like what I saw whenever I, we had him in there. Um, and I, I think – I think Westbrook. I don't. I don't think. I don't think Westbrook is a player that Dre guards efficiently. Um, I think he's more of a like a James Harden type, Paul George type. You know, back in the day, he could guard them very well. I don't think a a, a quick point guard like Westbrook is his bread and butter as far as defense. So no, I, I don't think so. I think. I don't know. They they dusted off Terrence Ferguson this game a little bit. He played. Mm-hmm. You know, he three played minutes. Three minutes. But I mean, and he actually played well. He played exactly. well. Exactly. So I don't know. I think either that or you know, Russ and Russ and CP3 have battles. Like it's not like Russ dominates CP3. You know, they have good battles against each other. Um, and I mean, you go back to that game in Oklahoma City. I, I know there was a lot of emotion behind it, um, but Chris Paul did a good job guarding. You know, guarding uh, Russell Westbrook. So I think you leave Dort on on Harden, and you take your chances with CP3 on Westbrook. I don't, I don't think you see Andre Robinson for that. The the one thing that I will say, and this that that's a great, I I I can agree with a lot you said there. Here's something that's going to be more of a problem for us though. Russell Westbrook is the single greatest rebounding guard in NBA history. Not a contested stat, right? Not a contested statement. He just is. He is the sole reason why their small ball is able to be so effective because they miss a three. He's actually able to go get a lot of those rebounds because you shoot a long shot, it's going to be a long long miss, right? And so Russ actually is able to close that gap and get up there because he can jump higher than almost anybody else and get that ball. Mm Mm-hmm. You're going to need length and size to be able to body him up to ensure that he's not able to get four offensive rebounds on his own. So I think that we're going to have to, that's going to have to be a counterpoint. Their offense is going to be less efficient, which means there's going to be more offensive rebounds to be had for the Rockets. We're going to need to make sure that we're getting a body on him. Dre could be that guy and he's got length. He's got size. I don't know where his lateral quickness is because we haven't seen a ton of it, right? Like a lot of the time we've seen was in blowouts and end of games, like one way or another, right? We haven't actually seen him in trying to lock up a, a star. So I don't know what we kind did, of drag we, we have. We, we did in game one and it wasn't very efficient. A lot wasn't efficient in game one. True. On on either side of the, uh, of the basket. But um, so I, I don't know if we've been like basically saving him for Russ in case Russ comes back as another athletic guy with lots of size that can go get rebounds. I mean, um, wasn't he a power forward at Colorado? He was. Andre? I mean, he, he's, you know, he's a shooting guard in title only. You know, right. That guy is a, you know, he's a power forward in, in most, like in Golden State, he would be a power forward. 
Right, exactly. And we're going to kind of need him if we end up playing him. We'll need him to be that when the ball is, is off the rim. So, um, yeah. so I think that's an adjustment that we might see. I really like the one two two adjustment we made, especially if Russ comes back because we know Russ wants to get to the elbow. We know that we know where Russ likes to shoot his mid range shot. We know that Russ Russ likes to just full head of steam into the lane and kind of see what happens. And Russ is, I mean, he led the league in assists for a reason. Like he's he's great at being able to 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 drive and dish having extra length out there might help close some of those lanes off. So um, I think that we might see Dre. I know that we haven't seen him much at all this series. I think that Billy Donovan's going to make an adjustment. I will say this, Billy Donovan, when guys want to play in his system and they want to, they want to do kind of what he suggests is able to make adjustments on the fly. And we've seen it time and time again, this season, seemingly being undermatched and overgunned. Um, mm-hmm. It would not surprise me if, if, if Dre, if Russ plays, it would not surprise me if Dre saw 15 to 20 minutes on the floor next game. Um, we'll and I think that'll we'll be see. an adjustment that we see. But the one two two, I think, was, was something like, I'm tired of getting killed in the paint, and also this will help us when Russ comes back. So I'm really excited to see okay. how that evolves. Um, so interesting take. We'll see. What do you think happens in game five? What is your prediction for game five? Um, I mean, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with the, uh, with the recent events and I'm going to say a close Thunder victory. I I think, you know, we're never going to be able to, Houston's not a team that you can blow out. You know, they're, they're just, they're too talented. They score and they score in bunches. Um, And so I I think, I I think we're, I think we figured things out. I think we're a lot more confident offensively. I think our three headed monster is, it's a problem for any team. Our three headed monster is a problem for any team. Mm -hmm. Um, Because other than maybe the Clippers, you don't necessarily have that many perimeter defenders on the floor at one time. You can't, you know, um, and so, yeah, I definitely think that we win. And I think that, you know, we win a close one again. Um, you know, many of us predicted Thunder and six. You have to go ahead and let them win two before you can win six, you know, in six. So <laughs> We just let them win the first two. <laughs> maybe it's a gentlemanly sweep. But, but I, yeah, I do think we win a close one in game five. Yeah, I, I think Russ comes back. I think Russ is a – somewhat of a problem early. He's going to out hustle us. I think that we, we might actually lose the rebound battle, um, but we'll win the efficiency battle. And mm-hmm. I think that Billy Donovan's able to make the right adjustments. Dort is able to lock up Harden and it will be less fouls on Dort because Harden's going to be handling the ball a little less with Russ back. Yeah. And uh, so I think we'll be actually a little more efficient on the defensive end as well. Um, I, as of right now, as it stands, Considering that I think Russ is going to play, I think I take OKC by two yeah. in game five. Um, and, and, I, and I do want to say this. I do want to say this. You know, many people on Twitter, you know, think that we're now Russ haters. We're not. Oh, my God, no. I love that guy. <laughs> so I, I do want to say this. I hope that Russ does not pull a KD where he comes back because I don't know, he feels obligated to come back or he thinks that he needs to come back um, because those quad injuries, they can be, you can get a, a nasty quad injury from a sore quad. Like you can have your, your quad literally snap, you know, off your knee and go into your leg. And the way that Russell plays, like it always worries me sometimes that whenever he comes back quicker, number one, he's not, he's not a spring chicken like he used to be. You know, he's not as young as he used to be. Um, and so I, I hope that he doesn't come back too early from this, trying to help Houston out. Um, whereas if Houston was up three, one, he'd be okay with sitting out. Not helping Houston, helping Harden. Oh yeah. Helping Harden. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's the bigger thing, right? Like I think obviously dude wants to play always. He never wants to miss, but that's his best friend in the NBA mm-hmm. that he's on the, that, that he's on the team with. The guy that he 
the guy he demanded to go play with, like he went to Sam Presti and said, I want to go there. There are rumors about Miami. That was BS. Like I, it was always Harden. It was always yeah. Houston. Um, Cause I mean, as good as Chris Paul has been, nobody thought he would be this good. Presti wouldn't just say, Oh, I want Chris Paul's contract. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Like it was a negative asset before the season started. Sam Presti knew what Chris Paul's value was, but he did a solid for Russ because Russ wanted to go there. So yeah. Russ, Russ wants to prove himself right because he's been proving himself right his entire career. And so, like, I agree. I don't want him to rush back and hurt himself even more. But if anybody could come back from a quad injury and play in game five and be effective, it will be Russ. The thing is, we've spent over a decade watching every single minute of Russ's career. <laughs> so we know where he could kill us and we know where he's killed the thunder at times. Like the guy's not perfect. Like he's Jekyll and Hyde, good Russ mm-hmm. and bad Russ. The fact that we understand that there is a bad Russ and we want bad Russ to finally benefit oh. the thunder does oh, not yeah. mean that we does not mean that we love Russ totally, not just good Russ, but we, that we love Russ as a whole any less. Right. We're not friends this series. Russ, Russ is not a member of the Thunder. It, he, he's barking at Steven Adams for crying out loud. Like Russ is bought into, I want the Thunder to kill, or I want the Rockets to kill the Thunder. Mm-hmm. We have to say that we want the Thunder to kill the Rockets. And it just yeah. so happens that Russell Westbrook is on the Rockets. Definitely. So, Definitely. Like, like, you know, like, like I said at the beginning of the series, you know, if you're a true Thunder fan, you want Russell Westbrook to flame the hell out. You want him to go out there, and if he does play, shoot, you know, three for 17, have eight turnovers, and be, you know, be the bad Russ that we've seen before, that we've seen, you know, on our, our end of the spectrum to help you win, you know, to help us win. And so, yeah, definitely. I, I wish the guy, you know, pure health from here on out, but – I want the Thunder to make it to the second round, to the third round, and to the championship. I don't care how we do it. I don't care who gets hurt on the other team. Um, you know, as far as, like, you know, when we move on, if we move on from this series. Um, but, yeah, definitely. I'm not my, – my, my best friend is anybody who has a Thunder jersey on. So, I just retweeted – that Thunder versus Rockets, I'm cheering for the Thunder full on. I don't want Russell Westbrook to do good in the series. I want him to do horribly <laughs> and flame the F out. Why? Because Russell Westbrook wouldn't want me cheering for a team that isn't the Thunder. Thunder up. I just retweeted yeah. it. Everybody else should retweet it. That sucker was a banger, which I guess you didn't see coming. But um, no. <laughs> I agree 100%. I love Russ. If Russ comes back game five, I might be wearing my OKC Russell Westbrook jersey just for that game, and I might cry myself into my old fashion, which I'm now on number two of. <laughs> like, that is how it will go in game five. So we both think that the OKC Thunder are able to get a 3-2 series lead at the end of game five, going into a pivotal game six, um, in a game in which that Russell Westbrook will come back and play from his quad injury Hopefully not too early for him because we love Russ and we want what's best for Russ as long as that doesn't always conflict with what's best for the Thunder. Um, Alex, do you, do you have any parting shots or parting thoughts for us tonight? I got nothing, man. I'm, I'm just – I'm going to sleep for the spot tonight. <laughs> um, Billy Donovan, one two two adjustment. Should have won coach of the year. The coaches thought so. So screw what the media says, right? Fake news. Like, good job, Billy Donovan. And then also Dennis Schroeder, sixth man of the year. Yeah, you kind of proved it. Better because be. you came up big when it mattered, right? And so um, that is kind of where I'm going to leave it. So Billy D and Shredder Train should have won more awards. Uh, let's freaking go. Thunder up always. Um I am Maddie Moles for the OKC Topic Thunder podcast with Alex Roy saying, wash your hands, wear your mask, hoop when you can, can. 
And as always, Thunder Up! Thunder up. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.